Yo. What's up, man? Yo, my man, what's going on? Ah, a week, bro. <laughs> you do realize it's just Wednesday, right? Man, a week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, man. I can't even explain to you why and how this right here yeah. is going to help me just try to push <laughs> through the rest and forget about the old, man. Because let me explain. Tell, tell us what we're drinking. Tell, 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 ah, tell, well. tell us what we're drinking. Well, man. We don't, tell us what we're sipping on. We don't, have, we don't have no sponsors, okay? <laughs> hold on, hold on. So they said we ain't got no sound from you, so I know what that is. I know what that is. Okay. Here we go. It's your Skype. Yeah, it's there it Skype. is. There it All is. Right. All right. So... Can you hear me? We good? Yeah, I think we good right, right. now. Alright, cool. Um, so so here's the deal, man. Alright. When I say it's been a week, it's been a week because we're counting from Wednesday to Wednesday. Alright, right? yeah, true. Alright. So okay, got through the weekend. Weekend was somewhat cool, kicked it with ace, whatever. Since then, getting back to work, man, like it's writing season, right? So a lot of a lot of my homeboys, a lot of my massard mafias. No, right? I give I look. You know what writing season is. You, you giving me PTSD right now, man. You got my PTSD kicking in. Bro, writing season is in full swing. There's so much that I have to do, five packages to do. Now remember, I was out half the year, right? So a lot of people have already started leave. People are shucking and driving. They're not there. I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to find out what bullets are solid. I'm looking. You don't at, have intimate knowledge of anything that you write. Right. Right. Nothing. And there's deadlines. Tick tock. Tick tock. Plus, yep. just the climate of what I previously left. It's changed tremendously. Yeah. So I'm trying to readjust to that. I mean, the same right. people are in the same spots. But honestly, bro, like I can't, I can't sit here and say I remember it being this way. It feels like it's more tight, like micromanagement. Everybody's looking at everything you're doing, so it's just stressful, man. Well, something happened while you were gone. You know, just, just you yeah. can't, you can't undo what happened, but you can make that, you can make that transition for you. You can make that transition for your your troops and for your boss. More importantly, for your boss, because. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when you stepped away, when you had to go do your thing, um, <laughs> there was nobody there to protect your boss from that shit storm that comes every day in every unit in every military service. You know, so um, you were that that person that that was there to take the punches in the gut. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, when when we worked together, there was a lot of stuff that you guys didn't know was happening every day. Mm-hmm. All I wanted y'all to look, y'all, y'all do every day. I'm going back here to get in this fucking ring to take these punches so none of this shit affects you guys. And that's what you do. That's what you do running your shop, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely trying to carry that weight and, and carry that forward because, you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes on that they don't know about. Um, so, you know, I've been dealing with some some personal things. People got a little this, a little that. You know, I'm working on right. that with them. So that's that's normal. Um, yeah. But that, that's, only the, that's only the work side. Let's talk about home, right? <laughs> So you know, man, <laughs> bro, your, your nephew keeps me in the highest state of frustration. Again, well. I'm, get, I'm getting phone calls from the teacher. Now, again, my son, he has a way of, of being that, that perfect imbalance of, of 
doing something right and, and then doing something wrong. <clears throat> because yeah. you would you would expect these conversations to go like, oh, he's disruptive, um, he's a he's a he's a real difficult student to deal with, yada yada, all this other stuff. Right, right, right. That's never that's never the case. Like yeah. ever the case. So he's a good student in that right. Um, he's not disruptive, but he doesn't want to do his work. <laughs> like, uh, come on, man. So really? all right, I'm gonna share my theory with 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 kids with you. Okay, now. Um, you have Jazzy half the time, right? 50 uh-huh. 50. So I'm not including Jazzy in this equation. This is for anybody that has kids that's there with you 100% of the time. There's a 50 50 rule. Okay, you got one kid that's going to give you pure, unadulterated hell around every corner that's going to make every day. You're like, man, what the? Why? And you're going to have one that's like, man, so easy. So easy. Gets everything. Tell them to have to tell them to do do uh, something one time. They got it. It's easy cake. You got to have one to test you and make you a better parent. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm after that shit. I'm well, well after that stuff. You know, um, Rachel, Rachel was my hellstorm, man. And I joke with her now about um, her being the cause of my PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and seriously, if you any parent out there, if you got two kids you're going to look at, at both your kids and you're going to compare your kids. One is not going to give you as much shit as the other one. And that, that's just the rule of thumb. I, I didn't make this shit up. I just noticed it. And anybody that has a couple of kids, if you got an even amount, two kids, four kids, six kids, you got more than six kids. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. But if you got an even amount, split them down the middle, and you're going to have some that give you unadulterated hell and some that make your life easy. Yeah. So, you know, and you have to walk that thin line. Yeah. That thin line where no where you're trying not to, you know what I'm saying, like compare them and judge them and things yeah. like that. And I've struggled with that before, um, but I'm better. You know, I, I try yeah. not to use his sister when I'm talking to him as an example right. because it's not fair. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, with that, you know, I'm growing. I'm learning to, to talk to him more like as a as a teenager. He's not a little kid no more. Right. Um, so a lot of things are changing. Uh, yeah. our, our relationship is growing, but this kind of was a setback because this weekend we kicked it. We hung out, took him right, shopping. Right, right. I saw uh, your post, man. Yeah, I saw we, was, we yeah. was living a little bit, man, and I was happy to be with him. We you know you're getting basketball. old, right? Yeah, man, I'm getting you're old. You're getting old because he beat you running. He did beat me running, right? So, yeah, like I said, we had a solid weekend, man, and out of nowhere, sh- boom, right? Like, grenade bomb. I'm like, bro, we back to square one. Like, you didn't. Freaking took my money this weekend. You know what I'm saying? We kicked it and had time. We played PlayStation after doing all the events we did. Now you're in the doghouse again. Like, I'm tired of this up and down, you know. But anyway, talked with the wife about it last night. Didn't want to stress her. Her life's stressful enough. Yeah. Let her know I had it. Um, So that was thrown in my week. Now, on the upside, okay, and I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but my beautiful little daughter, she just turned 15 yesterday. Okay. Wow. Milestone, yeah. man. Yes. Milestone. Yes. Um, so we're not Hispanic or anything like that. So there's no quinceanera, nothing like that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was definitely happy uh, to be 15. Like this girl wants to be, and not in a bad way. She's always wanted to be older. Like, Dad, right. I'm not, I'm not 10 no more. And Dad, I'm not. Yeah. So now I'm looking at I'm like, yeah, man, she's 15. Next year, 16, driving, like, sophomore high school next year. Like, this is not, 
it's it's not registering, P. I don't really hey, know what what's happening. Having having walked in those shoes, man, um, it's it's not gonna register. It's not honestly, man. Um, shit, Rachel, Rachel's twenty eight. My daughter is 28, dude. And I mean, you remember her coming by the office when she was in, in, in school, in grade school. You know, that's how long ago it was. But um, yeah. even now, it's still hard for me to process that she's that old. Um, and we have adult conversations now. And she talks to me about her adult problems. You know, yo, I'm, I'm quitting this job, so I'm going to go to this other job because of this kind of bullshit that's going on over here. Management sucks and all this other stuff. And it's like... Damn, we're really doing this. We're really having adult conversations. She talks to me about the kids and everything. Um, it's not about school, and it's not about I want to grow up. You know what the conversation is? Damn, I wish I was seventeen again. Yay! You know, it's <laughs> funny that you say that. Uh, Marty just chimed in and was like, "Yeah, she can get them adult bills, and he wish he was still a kid, so he had to deal with it." But I keep trying to tell her that same thing yeah, I tell man. Ace. Like, yeah. y'all not getting no younger. So nope. as exciting as it is to want to be older, life's about to happen, right? Nah. <laughs> oh, this is this is my going statement. If I could be 17 for the rest of my life and know just a quarter of what I know, well, I'd be hell on wheels, man. Right. Just for a real. quarter. I don't want to know all I know right now. Just give me a quarter of what right. I know and be 17. I'm just before you really have to start working and paying taxes, seventeen dog, come on. Yeah, that's you still out there. You still able to go to to, to party to house parties and shit like that. Still in man. still in high school, but you're yeah. the man upper you can classman. Drive. You can drive. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Like it's funny that we laugh about it and joke about it, but I had I never thought I would be in this position as the old guy, right? Like right, older right, right. in my career, kids are getting older. Now I'm that dude, and I don't really even understand what's happening to me, man. Kids are changing. Kids are wanting different things. I'm like, I remember when you wanted freaking baby alive. Like, now you just said, <laughs> oh, dad, yeah, um, I just need this, that, and the other. And I like Mac makeup and this. And I'm like, what? Like, she had these conversations with her moms. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know what to do no more. Like, it's nerve-wracking. Christmas gets that. easy. Christmas, Christmas gets easier. I'm finding Christmas that out. Easy. It gets way easy, y'all. You you're not in Walmart. You're not, <laughs> yeah, it gets more expensive, but it's easier. No, no, no. I'm All saying that, that's the good. answer. That's the answer. They just want money. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I'm yeah. like, all right. You know, you do you. But but th that that's – you think about it like this, man. That's everything that we did growing up when we were kids. Um, it may be some generational changes, but it's the same thing we did to our parents. Same kind of stuff. Right. You know, so um, – open mind this is just my old man experience the things that, and and usually whenever whenever i give like advice like this it's based on shit that i didn't do yeah not that i did it it's shit that i didn't do jazz is at that age now where when she's talking to you or you need to talk to her you need to i would say you do more listening than talking all right because think of it in, in a, the terms of a girl their body's changing. Socially, they're changing. Ugh. Boys are interested. Mm. Boys. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you this from the perspective of me not listening to my child. Me not saying, Rachel, tell me what's going on with you. Tell me what's going on with your life. Tell me what's going on with you in high school, your friends, all of this stuff. Me, shut up and do what I say. Do what I tell you to do. I don't want to hear it. You, this is a totally different time, man. I mean, 
my mom could get away with that back in the 70s. Yeah, I'm that fucking old. Back in the 70s and 80s. Tell us to do that shit. Be quiet. Shut, shut up and do what I say. You know, but this is a different generation, man. I mean, everything is right here in their lives. Everything is in their phones, man. So it's not like you can reach out to your neighbor because that's who she's hanging out. She's hanging out with your neighbor's kid. No, she got friends that may be in another damn country. Yeah. That influence her every day. So it's more, we got to listen more. You know, parents out there having screwed up the relationship for a couple of years with my, my oldest daughter, I'm telling you this from experience, learn how to listen to your kids. It's not an affront to you being a parent. It's not an affront to your adulthood. Um, don't sell them short. You know, they're changing just as we are changing, but they don't understand that change. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, P, um, because I was, I mean, her mom was, you know, this is, and this is probably about a year ago, year and a half, you know, you know, she's interested in boys and she's been asking questions and all that. And so, you know, me yeah. being defensive dad, I'm like, well, uh, what kind of questions and what we, <laughs> nah, we, but you got to understand, like you said, like we, we, we all went through this, right? Yeah. And who yeah. am I to deny her the nature of being a, a teenager? Yeah. Their, their bodies tell them things they don't even know how to express and explain. Yeah. And we've all went through it. So me being overprotective, me being too aggressive, um, I think I think she was kind of like, oh, I'm going to just talk to my moms about this. Right. right? So she talks yeah. to you know, both Tanisha and Amanda about things that I wouldn't know about. And uh, it, they wouldn't tell me either, so it was really none of my business until I can get with the program. Yeah. So we got a better conversation now. We talk sure, differently. Sure. And I'm always trying to address the elephant in the room like, okay, I know what you think about boys, but yeah. dad was a boy before he was a man. And, right. I'm, and I'm not saying they're all like me. I, I pray they wouldn't. They're not all like me. But I will right. say this. Right. We all are capable of being like me. As I was, yeah. and like every other boy was, because something exactly. drives our thought process, and we don't yeah. need to say that on the air, but we it, know it's what not that even, is. It's not even much thought process. I mean, I, you see it, you want it, you go get it. It's instinctive. Yeah. It's instinct. Exactly. It's instinct. That's exactly. that's what that shit is. So, you know, it, it's parenting, man, is fluid at best, man. It's something that you're gonna change. You're gonna do this stuff every single day, and it, it, it's gonna cause you more stressful weeks. You think that this was a stressful week? You yeah. ain't seen shit yet. Not it, not I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. You ain't seen shit yet. All right, so so, so enough about my week because now, that, what about week, your week? My week was, was, rather, <laughs> it was rather adventurous. All right, so um, I, I get this email from – all right, I was teaching at this, this little uh, online school in Colorado for a minute called Aspen University. So um, I've been teaching there for a year, and I get this email from the faculty director – and he cc the uh, dean of the business school, who I technically work for, teaching in the business school. Um, and he says that, hey, we got a student complaint about Professor Proctor. I'm like, yo, what's this shit about? So I call him. I call the, the dean of faculty, well, the, the faculty guy up, right? And uh, he tells me, yeah, we got this complaint. And it was basically from a – the whole thing was was shaped around – an email that I sent a reply to a, to a to a student. The guy was four weeks late out of six weeks, and he asked me for a two-week extension. My my words verbatim in the email was, I'm going to give you four days. I have other classes, other students. It's not fair to them 
if I'm giving you two additional weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. he never told me what the issue was. I don't know what's going on in his life. He's not telling me shit. And I tell him week one, communication is huge. You talk to me, I'll work with you. So mm-hmm. he didn't even have a problem with it. Dude was like, cool, okay, I'll take care of it. I'll get caught up. So back to this email, right? Somehow in the process of him requesting the extension, excuse me, advisory got the email. And they're like, oh, my God. His reply makes the student feel unimportant. Mind (laughs) you, CEO, we're talking about fucking adults. We are talking about adult learners. So I'm talking to this guy uh, from the school, the the faculty director, and he's like, yeah, we have concerns about um, your tone in, in, in that email and, you know, whether that tone is how you deal with your students. I said, wait a minute. Hold on, dude. We're talking about the tone of a email. So basically your perception of what you read is why we're having this conversation. Not truth. Not that the student complained. Your perception. He was like, yes, and, and, and you know, we're worried, we're worried that. I said, so it wasn't from the student. He's like, no, 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 it was from advisory. And then when I got the email and I saw it, I have concerns about it. I said, okay. So you an advisory concern, but the student's not. Uh-huh. He's like, well, Stuart, you, you, you sound like you're upset. I said, you're damn right I'm upset. I'm defending myself over the tone. Your, your perceived, how you perceive an email? Are you fucking kidding me? He was like, well, you're making me feel uncomfortable. I had to pause. I'm like, yo, how old are you? He was like, <laughs> I said, you're 50 fucking eight, and I'm making you feel uncomfortable on a phone call? Are you that sensitive? I tell you what, dude. Fuck you. I quit. I quit. And I quit. I quit. <laughs> Now wait, now wait. You you got to give me a second here. What the audience doesn't know about the doc is, like he said, when shit is stupid, he'll call shit stupid. This is not the first time the doc has requ- has quit in retirement. I remember the day you quit working at the B shop. <laughs> you pretty much was fed up with some shit that was going on between you and another civilian. Yeah. You know that guy was trying to rat on you, keep eye on you. You was dealing with stuff that was very serious. Stuff was going on with Mama. You didn't have time to like put on for this guy. I remember you called a little mini huddle to the crew. Yep. It was me, James, and Gandy, and you was like, "Yeah, bro, I'm done with this shit. They just don't know it yet." And the next day, after you had a little meeting <laughs> with the, with done. with the bird, you said, "Yep, that was it for me." And you was on that job all of what? Three months. Three months. <laughs> three months. Three months. All right. And, and this this is, this is, this goes back to um, what I will always tell anybody about a career. Okay. You always want to have options. You don't want to limit yourself. And this goes back to need. We all come into our first jobs needing that shit, right? You know, we come into the Air Force, for instance, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, 20 year old. You were what, like 23, 24? Uh, I was 20, about to turn 21. All right, so you're 21. All right, but you already had Jazzy. So we are, we we eventually find ourselves in a situation where we need to be in that shit, right? We need that job. We need that paycheck. And then when we need it, we become beholden to it. So over the course of that situation, I'm like, I got my, I finished my bachelor's. I was working on my master's. And at that point, it's kind of like, okay, motherfucker, I got options. I don't need this shit. Right. So you 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 reach a point where um, you can call stupid stupid and you can make that that hard choice to say, fuck you, I quit. You know, the school stuff, the school stuff is like day-to-day money, man. And 
I just I stayed as long as I did for those students, you know, and because I was one of those students, you were one of those students, everybody mm-hmm. in, in that we know in the Air Force that's in the military, whatever. They are those adult learners just trying to get ahead. And okay. this motherfucker, it, it goes deeper than that. It, it, there were some other issues in there, but that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, the school's a money grab. Yeah. That, that's it. The school is just a money grab. But when he said he felt he's 58, 58 years old and I'm making you uncomfortable because I'm defending myself over what yeah. you perceive is a tone in a email. Come on, man. It's terrible. Are we not adults? Right. What you up? Know? What up, John? How you doing, man? He says he loves what we're doing. We love what you're doing, what up, man. John? Appreciate you. Appreciate yes, sir. You. Keep doing it on that sports podcast. But yeah, now, man. Oh, speaking of John, yo, John. Since you listening, man, shout out to you because you were one of my biggest mentors about the educational piece, man. Look, I didn't see that many black majors walking around, and to see him every day was like, I can't be him, but I can damn sure try. Right. And here I am. You know, the the, the school thing was huge to me because I saw him walking around every day doing his thing. So, John, big ups to you. Appreciate you, man. Love you. Yeah. Um, Respect. Now, Respect. Let's go to something lighter, man. All right. Uh, okay. So I, I saw I saw today today this morning on on SportsCenter that um, Jerry West is behind the scenes. Him and Doc Rivers they're trying to work out some things to where they can try to get KD and Kawhi this off season. Um, there was you know they used the the, the whole Shaq and um, and uh, and Kobe thing as the example. You know you think back to the Lakers before they got. Um, Got Shaq, right? Right. Cleared a bunch of cap space. They had a team that was still good. It was competitive. They weren't going anywhere, but they were competitive. So that was the selling point. Hey, they're not, they don't suck. They need another piece. Mm. Had the money to pay Shaq, and then they, they got um, Kobe through the draft. And look at the Clippers now. The Clippers are competitive. Doc is able to coach and only coach. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. And they have they clear all kinds of cap space so they can put, they can sign two max players. You got Balmer who's a billionaire yep. and, and, and what did Max Kellerman say? Max Kellerman is like, this man has money. He hasn't counted this more than uh genie bus and the Lakers have. <laughs> so he can spend money and, and we already know he doesn't have a problem with spending. So what you think, man, what you think now it makes sense because you know, the rumors were that during the off season, you know, Kawhi kept he, – he got tired of the, of the questions about going to L.A., do you want to play with LeBron, whatever. Ultimately, San Antonio was holding on for dear life. They finally made a move. They ended up trading him, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, like, I think yeah. he was kind of spurned a little bit about the whole L.A. thing. And so maybe he just wanted to clear his mind of it. Okay, but this is a whole different level now. Same building, same city, right. different jersey. Yeah. Don't have to deal yeah. with LeBron. Don't have to deal with that pressure. Don't have to change your game. So I think that is eye-opening. Now, attractive place? Hell yeah. It's still L.A. Like I said, right. you're, not, you're not playing right. for the team yeah. in the other locker room, but you're still in L.A. And I think yeah. that that if, if Kawhi ultimately wanted to be in L.A., then he'll see the opportunity there. And if you bring in KD, now you know how I feel about KD. I yeah. got to love his game just like Kobe. Respect Kobe's game. Respect KD's game. But I was not a fan. He talks too much. KD been chomping at the bit ever since he got these championships. He's this, that, yeah. and the other. Um, I agree. But you still got to respect what he can do on the floor. So yeah. 
if they clear this this cap space and those are the guys that you're targeting, you throw the entire building at them. Because what are your options if you don't, right? Then you're yeah. then you're in this building process and you pray to get lucky. And I won't even say lucky. Let's not use lucky. You you hope that you're smart enough, which I'm going to give Jerry West that that credit he is that yeah. you can do Jerry with West, Danny Ainge. Jerry West, Jerry West has history, right? So what I'm saying is that he can do what Danny yes. Ainge did for Boston. So for about five seasons, Danny Ainge wasn't doing nothing but living off the profits of the trades with KG and and uh, Pierce right. and Ray Allen. He just building them, stacking them, and everybody's like, "What's going on in Boston?" But now look what it's turned into. They got a bunch of dudes that playing on rookie contracts that are ballers. You know what I mean? Speaking of speaking of that, right? Um, oh my God, their their big three, their top three, didn't even play the last game. The bench played the last game mm-hmm. and balled the hell out. That's what I'm saying. Like one, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart got got twenty. Well, I think he might have had thirty. Marquis Morris had Morris had thirty. Smart had 20 off the yeah. bench. Now, you know, our, our boy Gary Ferguson, he keeps picking them as a dark horse, like not to come out the East, but he's like he honestly right. thinks that Boston, because they're starting to catch their swing. They won six in a row. They're, yes, they're back to fifth. Um, so they're, they're starting to catch their swing, but he actually thinks that they're going to, you know, go into the playoffs, make noise, run through the East, and then be able to upset whoever comes out the West, which we all think is going to be going to stay the course. Yeah. So yeah. – and, and, you know, and at first I was like, I don't know, because you're looking at the star power. But what Golden State can't do anymore, Golden State used to have a solid 10. They got rid of some of these pieces, right? right? So they don't have that solid 10 no more. We've seen that when, when Clay went, or sorry, Steph went down, and they couldn't even yeah. do anything. But Boston had really at his disposal, okay, at his, at his disposal, <laughs> What's the coach name? Uh, damn, slipped my mind. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Stevens. He, he got he got two starting lineups. Yeah, he could put in man to to have Tatum and to have Gordon Hayward. Like that's yeah. that's basically the same player. So sit one, you got one. Hayward and Kyrie didn't even play last game. That's what I'm saying. You got you got Kyrie, and then you can bring in your boy. Uh, what's his name? What's the other point? Uh, Rozier. Now I'm yes. not saying Rozier is Kyrie, but he can shoot, he can score, he can drive, he can play defense. Terry, Terry is Terry instant energy. He's instant. Jalen Brown, like you got, you got Morris, yeah. bro. Horford is hurt. Like yeah. I'm no fan of Boston just because you know my team. I'm rocking them right there. We actually got a better record than them. We playing the Bucks tonight, trying to right. move up. Let's go Pacers. But honestly, Boston has done something that has been an anomaly for years. In the NBA, because everybody yeah. built these these teams based on stars, and then you'd be like, "Who's the dude on the bench wearing number forty five with thirteen letters in his name?" Some dude from overseas, I don't know. They don't have that. No. They seriously got whoever comes in, like, "Hey, he was on the scouting report. We got to guard him." <laughs> like yeah. he ain't just coming to get yeah. minutes. So there, there, there's no four on five. There's no four on five. Right. Whoever's coming out there from Boston is balling. Now back to KD and Kawhi. Um, I think that it's a strong possibility because um, when you think of of at least Kawhi's personality, Kawhi's not out there trying to get get a bunch of shine. He's not out there trying to get a, a bunch of press, man. And if he goes to, in my opinion, the Lakers, yep, he does have that whole entourage, that that whole press junket or whatever you want to call it, just following the Lakers around, and he's in the midst of all of that. I just think he just he just wants to go play basketball. Now, KD, it works for KD. KD just he talks too much, just like you said. You know, he was so quiet 
his first few years in in uh in OKC, and then suddenly, boom. He want to flex now. Like now you're not even making any sense when you do talk. <laughs> flexing is like weird flexing. I think that's yeah. a new term. Everybody say weird flexing yeah. because I'm like, bro, you no, act like start that shit. Weird flexing. Yeah, you <laughs> you act like you're not sitting here able to do whatever you want on the court because of who's on the court with you. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. That's that's what I, that's all I've been trying to say about. Now I know we've had our talks, but and not to get off track, but that's what I've always said when it comes to him and LeBron. That's why it's so different. Because LeBron still had to be out. Even with D-Wade, he still had to be alpha. If he didn't play well, D-Wade and Bosh, eh, you know what? They yeah. are good, but they probably ain't going to do enough to win because they ain't had nothing on the bench. Right. What I'm saying over here, bro, you can't leave KD. I'm sorry, you can't leave Clay. Yo, You can't KD, leave Steph. KD is that dude that goes into the club, and he's the skinny dude, the short <laughs> dude, talking the most shit because he's got five of his partners that are, are 6'2", 240, and lift every day. Ready to roll KD for is that dude. KD is that dude. Yeah. Yo, he in there front and talking all kind of shit in, in everybody's face because he know he got backup. Yep. They, but what what was he in OKC? He was quiet. You quiet up 3-1 and then you quit. Anyway, that, that's – that. Yeah, we, we – that, that's – but if, if that does happen – it speaks to everything that's already happened. It'll be essentially another one of those bromances. Now, speaking of bromances, oh man, you you put me onto this. So so the bromance. All right, so you know there was all this hype that was made about you know D Wade and LeBron's last game. Right. Okay. So they go play the game. Lakers win 108, 105. And then, like, this is big hug, exchange, exchange of jerseys, just talking and laughing, all these memories and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So the next day, you know, Bleacher Report comes out with uh, pretty much they take transcripts of what both individuals said after the game about how right. their friendship shifted the game. Because we know growing up watching Mike and watching everybody that you watched prior to Mike, you hate your opponent. Ain't yeah. no friends in the league yeah. during the season. You don't, you don't, you don't have those. Right. Um, so they were able to, you know, for years, seven years, play against each other, always hug and, and laugh and joke. And even when they were in each other's cities, the night before the game, go to they dinner. Yeah. You know, they would practice to get like weirdo shit. Some, some of that shit, you like, are y'all breaking a rule? Like, 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 honestly, before Wade came out, yeah. before they yeah. had the game, Wade and, and LeBron worked out together in LA was this, it was this year like, yeah, you, two nights ago before the before all that shit came about are you is this collusion yeah my point so yeah. uh so I, so now you know they say there there's two sides because like Giannis made a statement not too long ago like I don't want nobody to think I'm I'm their friend I don't want to be in that yeah. type of thing he kind of has that mama mentality that's right. what I, I do love about Kobe the dog in him like I yeah. hate you into the buzzard sounds um, so, Russ, so basically, Russ the same way. Russ don't even like yeah, his damn teammates. Russ, Russ hates everybody. <laughs> so basically, the question to you is, you know, like now we've seen people teaming up. Are they teaming up honestly just to get in a better position to win? So KD going to go to say they didn't need him. They already won championships without him. They already had the best record in NBA history without him. Or Will you see or do you feel a lot more people will start teaming up in the future because, honestly, they have friendships. You've seen what happened with Toronto when, when Kyle stayed and DeRozan left. Like, them boys, right. I thought they yeah. was going to have to check into counseling. They was hurt. 
they still hurt. They still hurt. Because Kyle's like, you know, when he was asked about the, the GM, he was like, well, the president of basketball operations, he's the president of basketball operations, and I'm a player, period. That's it. Benito, yeah. that's is is right. done. Um I I think it, it's it's twofold. You know, if if you know that you got a partner that can ball out, i.e. LeBron and, and Wade, make that path to that chip that much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, and it 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 shifted the competitive balance in such a way that there is no balance. You know, there there is no real competition because you think about the last few years, just before every basketball season, what did we say? It's going to be Golden, Golden State, State and, Cleveland. and it's going to be Cleveland. Why even have the season? You know, <laughs> and that's 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 what we're experiencing now. Uh, but the good thing is, like you you pointed out with Boston, Boston has built a team organically, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and Golden State, they're falling apart. I mean, through injuries, through money issues, things like that, because everybody's going to eventually want to get paid. Right. You know, personnel. So, Right, right. Personalities. Personalities Uh, So what what KD did, KD went to the easiest path to get a chip. Mm -hmm. And like I said, man, he's the dude that's that's five feet tall, 100 pounds, and he's got the five guys behind him. That's why he's able to talk that shit. Now, Mm -hmm. KD's game is, I I, honestly, I think him doing that shows a lack of confidence in his game. At least then he had a lack of confidence in his game. Come on, you're up 3-1, man. All you got to do is ball out and take one more game, yep. you know. But I, I think he showed a lack of confidence in himself, and and now we see what happens when you know that that confidence has been reinforced. Now, you what? know he's, he's, <laughs> with a, he's with a team that he does not have to carry. Now, right, with the potential of teaming up with another superstar, i.e., Kawhi in L.A. playing for the Clippers. It's no pressure. No pressure. We, but we, we, we're seeing a budding bromance. Yeah. You know, but, but you look at, at some of the top teams. Um, Golden State, that was by default organic until KD went there. You know, yeah. but you got, you got Steph and you got Clay. They're close friends. Uh, you got Draymond. Draymond is close to all of those guys. But at what point, how long is it going to last? Right. Because you know, stick, I, sticking with the Clippers, I say there's no pressure because you would bring in two superstars, right? Yeah. Still, still in their prime. But they've already been champions. Both yeah. of them already been finals MVPs. Now, yeah. what I'm saying is, of course, you always want to play to win. But that wouldn't be any kind of black eye on their, on their careers. Because right. if they never do anything <laughs> for the Clippers, they already still are in lore for what they did yeah. in their previous it, assignments. You know they're, what I'm saying? They're, they're, they've been solidified <clears throat> in, yeah. in NBA history. Um, yep. But, you know, yeah, LeBron, LeBron and, and, and uh, D-Wade changed the whole landscape oh, of the man. NBA. They they, they changed it all because now it's about I'm gonna if I can play with my boy I'm gonna play with my boy right you now know, I will see, say this I will say this to your point really quick you better still be able to play because we've seen the experiment with Carmelo Carmelo yeah, teaming and, up with dude, with, just, with, C, with CP3 yeah, and that didn't work out and LeBron yeah. and the Lakers are like we ain't got no interest either so now Carmelo the homeboy that was in the group ain't in the group. He might as well do what D Wade is doing and just see himself on uh, out. He, he, he's on the dock looking at the banana boat sail by. Yeah, it's over for him, man. It's that's unfortunate. For, I know, love him. Man, it's unfortunate. But at some point, like like in everything, every facet of life, and we talked about parenting and job and growing up, 
you have to adjust. You do. You can't you can't you stay Syracuse fucking Carmelo your entire Syracuse and NBA career. And how are you going to say, well, I'm not coming off the bench? Duh, trust me, you need to come off the bench. Right. Trust yeah. me. You're a lot building, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of areas on the floor. You haven't played defense in a decade. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, man, they, they changed the landscape. But I'm, I'm kind of positive um, that the attitude that, you know, Greek Freak has about playing in the NBA, mm-hmm. I hope that becomes prevalent. Um, it's true. Because it, it, it needs to shift to where you don't know who's going to win. There has to be some parity. And we don't have any parity right now. I'm going to plant a small seed before, we, before we, we move forward on this topic. What I see between Philly and Boston, really, I'm sorry, Philly, Boston, uh, people are teams like Detroit. Um, they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to bring that old East back because they have big men. They have big yeah. men that bang. So you take yeah. what Detroit and, and Philly do every time they get in, they play. There's always some ruckus between Embiid and Drummond. <laughs> and, I, and I like that. And they always yeah. say history yeah. repeats itself. Yeah. And so I think that what we're going to see after the swing of all of the, the superstar, the supernovas, you know, D-Wade tr- retires, LeBron retires. It's going to take that you'll, shit You'll back. start seeing basketball yeah. get back to some of that raw coreness. Because you um, got some dogs. There's some dogs. You know, Wes, you, you got you got Russ. That's a dog. You, do. you got Jimmy Butler. Yep. This, this beefing with, with Blake Griffin yeah. now. And so, you know? and so you're almost in that era of basketball when it was like, remember, honestly, it was like Kobe and who else? You can throw T-Mac. But remember there was a time when it was like, it was just Kobe and who else that was like out there as a guard, you know, yeah. like a two guard. Like I yeah. find, I find... Because you got superstars like Jimmy Jimmy Butler, but he ain't D Wade at his prime. No, you know what no, I'm saying. No, you got no, other no. stars that are out there, Giannis, but he ain't quite LeBron. So I, I would like to see an NBA where, yeah, like I'm saying, the best player in the NBA is Giannis. But by saying that, it does not discredit everybody else. Because when you say LeBron is the best player, like literally everybody he, ain't even he's close. He leaps and bounds. Yeah, better. exactly. He leaps and bounds better exactly. than everybody else. And and I you hope know, so, that we so don't. There, there, there's too much of a gap between right. that greatness yep. and the next guy. Yeah, I want to see know. an old NBA. And, and, and it's not just the physical part. It's the mental part. Because physically, you can look at, at KD physically, not as an imposing presence, but how he can impose his will on the floor. Mm-hmm. In the same context as LeBron, but from a mental perspective, he's lacking. This is true. And but but when you think about just LeBron had to go through his growth period the same way the KD has, I guess, gone through his. Right. They took similar paths. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you kind of liken it to Mike having to go through the Pistons. Okay. You know, instead of having to to go through a team. These two went and found themselves with a better team. Okay. And, know, and, and to that, and, and, I will shake and really, my head. Really, <laughs> think about this, though. The, the test of going to an established team already and asserting yourself and asserting your will. Okay. Just think about what that takes. Right. You know, and, and you know me. I'm, I'm not an, a LeBron apologist at all. I'm not a criticizer all. of the, the, the highest order. Absolutely. But when you think about what it takes to go from one team that you know lacked all of the pieces that you needed to win to go to another team that has those pieces, all right, how do I fit in? Yeah. How do I 
seamlessly integrate myself to to where I need to be so I can learn. Because th- that, those were the first couple of years for, for both, you know, LeBron and KD. They had to learn how to integrate into these systems that were already tried and true. Mm-hmm. And once they integrated, how do I make this mine? Right. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So whatever the Clippers do, uh, win, lose, or draw, if you want to throw that title out there, if they go for them too, it, it really doesn't hurt their legacy. And no, no, I don't really no. know. I don't really know if Katie and, and Kawhi have any type of a relationship. Relationship. Right. So maybe right. you got to work that out. But I mean, they are the hottest yeah. two names you probably want. Yeah. So why not try to get Definitely. both? Definitely. Right. Okay. It, it will be a smart move for him, and I, I honestly believe because now that this little nugget is out there in the airwaves, those two gonna talk. Oh, they gonna man. talk. Hell if yeah. if they haven't talked, you know, inadvertently already about yeah. this, they gonna talk. And Draymond gonna probably freak out again. (laughs) But I mean, that's how they got KD. Remember, there was some collusion there. After after they was they talking. We're not going down that road. But basically, you hug, you say good game. You own it. You wearing this? Yeah, you wearing this jersey next year is kind of how that ended that series, if you remember. So anyway, talked about all that. But you know, in in the context of relationships, man, um, I want to go back to the beginning of last week's episode man i was kind of petty uh <laughs> and and really man i'm I'm all about karma i'm all about you know good okay. good vibes and when you put out good good comes back when you put out negative negative comes back and i i was thinking about that man and um in the context of my high school sweetheart which is you know who i was referring to um how it ended was how it was meant to end and I needed that because that was my catalyst. I think all of us, every human walking this earth, every each one of us that are in a relationship, we can always fall back on that one catalyst that pushed us forward, that either challenged us to be better, challenged us to find better. And this was my catalyst. And, you know, for for how I, inst- you know, initially um, brought up the subject, I apologize. You know, that was petty of me to look at it in that regard. And again, you know, like I said, I've thanked her profusely and I want to thank her again because I wouldn't be who I am now without that catalyst. You know, her kicking me to the curb, her crushing my heart at that point at at age 19 set me on this path that I have been on since. Um, The life that I've realized is in, in some small way due to that moment of her telling me it's over. Since we're there, I mean, I might as well dive in because I ain't never looked at it that way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, f- I find that we have this pent-up frustration. We, we have this aggression toward mm-hmm. the thought or the idea. Um, now, again, you learn how to turn that from hate into something that you can actually deal with. But right. I think initially it starts there. Like, you don't want that person to be happy because the way they treated you. No, no, you don't. Uh, and, don't. We, and we talked about that in the seasons. You know, you, you, yeah. you get mad, you go through your thing. But but being able to, to look at it in a positive light while still saying, even though we didn't make it and I'm not trying to take a shot at you, I'm not trying to take a job at you, thank you for what you did for me. I think that takes a, a big person, a mature person. And I know I didn't have that ability to see it like that until, honestly, I started really <laughs> evaluating how every single relationship after her was negatively affected. Yeah. Because yeah. I never I never gave that position, I never gave that title 
to her that I knew I should have gave to her. She was the one Yo. that crushed my heart, and I needed to, to really embrace that I, so that I, I could went, heal from it. I went on a, <laughs> a, a journey of destruction, okay? Serious yeah. destruction. Oh, we talked. Uh, yes, I know. So and, you know, I. we we've talked we've talked about this, and it can't last. It can't last. And and I know that I I went on, and I I hurt a lot of people along the way because of that hurt that I I harbored. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that that breakup. Uh, but you know, something had to change. Something had to, and I'm yeah. glad that it did. So. Yeah, you take it full circle and you address that you were a little bit petty, maybe you were a little bit too excited. Like, you know, we, we hear things, and I'm not, and of course, I ain't gonna judge you, my brother, but I remember yeah. last week you said something along the lines of she was saying, like, this should have been me, and blah, 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 talking about she should have been in a position of potentially being your wife or whatever, right. you know? And then right. you kind of think, like, nah, boo, we good, like, we had our time. So, what I'm going, where yeah. I'm going with that is in the mind, even though it is petty, if you've seen yourself excel beyond where you once were with that person or where you once yeah. may have thought you could be with that person, and now that person is kind of like, you know, I'm the one that messed up. I wish I wouldn't have done that, and I wish I wouldn't have hurt you, and we could have done this. And yeah, right. besides, you can feel like a little bit of something, but you caught yourself, and I and I, yeah. I respect you for that, P, because, you know, we are older men. But in the younger day, yeah, you gonna you gonna freaking gloat about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, this is what you could have had. You see what you got. That's how we are as, as humans. I mean, Not even was, as men, was, just as humans. It was validating. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely. really validating. And you know, when when I, I thought about it after the fact, I'm like, yeah, she did say saw all that. You know, she could it should have been her. Should have been her. Mm-hmm. And in in my heart of hearts, I know I wouldn't be who I am if that situation didn't happen. Right. So. I would, man, my path would be totally different if, if I had right. stayed home. I know yeah. that, you know, so all things that are meant, they happen when they are meant to happen and they, they happen as they are meant to happen. Absolutely. You know, uh, I needed, I needed that, that crushing blow mm-hmm. to wake my ass up and say, yo, I need to get out of Chicago. I need to figure out something for my life myself. Right. And here I am, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, again, I want to apologize for how that whole situation, how how I came across. That was very, very petty of me. Um, like I said, good vibes come when you good, put out good energy. When you put out negative energy, negative shit comes back. And I don't I don't like negative shit in, in my world. You know, right. so um, if anybody that's been in that place. Let go of that negative energy. Let it go. Let it go. You're a better person for you're a better person for anything that it that has caused you to think, that has caused you to challenge who you are, that has caused you to grow. Be an adult in that situation. Now, here's what usually happens for us, which is amazing. So we absolutely uh, thank our listeners and now our viewers um, when they actually bring something to the show that we can use because we received a gem and it kind of rolls right into... Keep going. I got to get my plug. Oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. It it rolls right into what uh, what you talked about. Uh, last week, and so I'd like to thank uh, one of my homegirls, Amber Dietrich. Um, she sent me something, and so while P is getting his his, his stuff squared away, so he can uh, you know charge charge his, his computer. I want all the, the viewers to think about this. Okay, all the listeners think about this. Does your soulmate 
and your life partner have to be the same individual? And I pose that question, you know, understanding that that's always been a difficult thought, a difficult idea, a difficult topic to have with the individual that you're with. Um, you know, I struggle with the fact that once upon a time, you know, I tried to force that that feeling on myself and you always realize that there's something missing. You always kind of sit there and you, and you think or you know that you're not getting everything out of, you know, the, the, the relationship that you're in. You're not getting everything out of the situation that, that you may um, feel I'm you back, need. Yo, sorry. No, you're good. I'm, I'm just talking. Yeah. So I, I just basically pose the question to them, does your soulmate and your uh, life partner have to be the same individual? And I talked about the difficulties of once thinking that they had to be because we live in a world and, and this is crazy. All right. So so you, you guys hear me out. But but we honestly live in a world where every time you enter a relationship it's as if both parties need to control alt delete what happened prior to their life together right so if you loved that person before or you were in love with that person before and that didn't work out oh well to that dump that in the garbage you're now with me or you're now with whoever you don't right. need to be worried about that so therefore i'm supposed <laughs> to be all of everything that you right. need want desire and if we just take the petty part out just take the, the, the smooth physical part all the way out the door. Like, get that out of there. And think about how you connect with individuals different. We all know that every relationship that you, that you embark, every time you have a situation where you meet someone new, why would we ever think that they was going to be the same as when we met someone else? Right? right. You can't control how you connect with an individual. And so this article was kind of breaking down the reasons why, you know, it's it's great to have both the soulmate and the life partner be two completely different individuals because they should serve two uh, two distinct purposes. Two distinct purposes. Now you do have that that time where you actually get them rolled into once, but everybody shouldn't be looking for that. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I'm gonna pass it to you, and and, and let's just get this let's just get this started. This is our topic of discussion this week. We're gonna uh, we're gonna break this down, man. You know, I, I read this this uh, the article a while ago, and, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in my head, man. Anybody that knows me of late, they know that I spent a lot, a lot of time thinking, analyzing, um, evaluating who I am, where I'm at in life. Um, and when I read this about, you know, your soulmate and your life partner, um, when I met my late wife, um, I was 22 years old. 21 we got married i was 22 and um in my opinion i had both because dude i could tell you <laughs> i laugh about this stuff now but i could tell you when it was happening i wasn't laughing um mm -hmm. i grew up with this woman she challenged me around every corner she challenged me to grow she challenged me to figure out who the hell i was um as a man as a husband as a father all of these things um, I was fortunate to have them all wrapped in one, you know, now, now it, there were transition periods. Okay. Um, she was my soulmate because she forced me to learn. 
She forced me to grow up and she gave me that space to grow up and, and learn how to be a better man, be a better father, husband, things like that. Uh, that wasn't without strife. That wasn't without me putting her pu- through pure hell because I did. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with with my past and not knowing how to be a father, not having that example and how to be a husband. It, myself. Me and my my uh, my sister Harriet, we're the only ones to have a successful relationship, successful marriages in our entire family, you know, and, and I take pride in that. Uh, so. Being with the woman I was with for so long, we grew up together and we reached that point where we became life partners. You know, there was we continued to grow, but it was more organically. It wasn't anything that was forced. It was just, okay, today's Monday. This is how we, we evolved on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's January, February, March. We just continued to evolve over the course of time because um, when you're early in a relationship, everything is new. Everything is challenging. Everything is, you know, you, you test in the water. You It's kind of like, Hey, don't put your finger in that socket. Right. You're going to get shocked, and but you still put your finger in there to prove, okay, yeah, I know, I know. So you're you're learning and you're pushing these boundaries to see how far you can go together. Um and you're challenging each other because you're still two distinct two two distinctly different people. Yeah. So you're going to always challenge each other because early on it's about my pride and my motherfucking ego. It's about her pride and her damn ego and you know what? We reached a point where I realized this and she realized this. If I win, I still lose. Yep. And you've and you've discussed you've discussed the importance of that. Um, yeah. And and so I'm I'm actually gonna take the other side because, like you said, you were blessed to be with the same woman for 27, 28 years of your life. Um, you know, I was married. I've been married twice. Been in several relationships. Um, so, you know, I've met so many individuals and. I've been connected with the opposite sex ever since the time I was a kid. Like, I mean, I got homies, you my homies, we got a group of guys. But yeah. for the most part, I've always been more open to speaking to the to a woman, right? Right. And so I've met women in, in, in different facets and they had had different roles in my life. They've played different different important roles. Um and so with that said, you know, you know, I feel like my soulmate, you know, and and my life partner have been different people. Now right. that's that's no that's no jab at my wife. I love her to death, and she knows that. Um, and we are definitely life partners. We're meant to be. Um, but the things that we struggle with are not necessarily like band aid fixes. Like oh well, you know, we just don't know how to communicate sometimes. Yeah, you right. you can work yeah. on that. You can fix that. But I'm saying um, connections were different. You know, and and this has nothing to do with the physical sense of anything that may have happened with with someone else what i'm getting at is there was just like a natural way that you were able to to be open with another person and and you and these 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 individuals were able to have moments where like the article said life lessons happened now they didn't always have to be super negative but you just learned something about yourself you learned something about how you were looking at a situation and somebody looked at it differently and it completely changed you. Or you yeah. had a life moment with this person where they were there for you in a different way that nobody could be. Right. And what we find, and it's hard to deal with, is 
sometimes our soul mate or mates, because it can be multiple, they come, they play this role, you have them, and then you don't. They just leave. Maybe there is a fight. Maybe that it was a breakup, whatever. And like you never hear from them again. Or it's very far and in between. And we sit here and we stumble over why did that happen? Well, ultimately, that person was in your time, in your life for a season, a, a short yeah. amount of time. Right. We, yeah. We, you, you've yes. talked to me, you know, several times several about times. the various seasons that you've had. Right. And, right. you know, you finished your book. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's, it's a matter of, yeah, you're still working <laughs> your book. So um, I, 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 I see exactly and I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think that um, when I read this article, I would say that I'm, I'm the outlier. My situation yeah. is the outlier because, you know, the question I, I pose to you is this. Would you be able to be an effective life partner for your life partner if you had not had your soulmate? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I'm just understanding how to be who I need to be because I finally sat down and deciphered what every person meant to me. Instead of yeah. just rolling them into one ball and saying there was a whole bunch of X's that I got. What we don't realize as human beings is that that stuff you, you attach yourself to people. And yeah. when you don't address what's happening to you, when you don't face it head on, when you don't give real closure, okay? Like closure, like, look, I respect you. You respect me. I'm glad we had the time we had. Those are our memories. Nobody can ever take them. But ultimately, we're not meant to be. And I respect you for who you are. I don't have to hate you. You don't have to hate me. We yeah. can see each other in passion and say, how are you doing? We can comment on social media. I hope everything is good with you and the kid. Whatever it may be. Whatever right. that it turns into, but it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I hate her. Oh my God, I hate yeah. him. And once you get rid of that negative junk, yeah. right, then you can start to really break down what individuals were for you. And I didn't do that for years. See, and, and that negativity that you mentioned, that's the thing that's, that stifles our growth, you know, because we're so caught up in that, that emotional place, that negative emotional place that we can't see how... Even if it was a bad breakup, like we, you know, like I mentioned at the top of, of, of us talking about the topic of the day, that bad breakup was my catalyst. For years, I didn't realize that that was my catalyst to be better. You know, but if we open ourselves up to looking at situations and analyzing them in their totality, not just based on this particular situation, it broke, we broke up, it fucking crushed my soul, and that's all I focused on. What else happened? What else did you learn about yourself? Did you learn? Uh, did you do you now realize where you fall short in your role in a relationship? These are things that I think that we really need to to spend more time analyzing about um, the relationships we have, not only our intimate relationships, but our friendships. You yeah. know, every, every relationship has to have some level of value to them and it has to be reciprocal. It can't be one sided because then you got the resentment built up, even in, in, a, in a loving, intimate relationship. If one person feels like they're doing more than the other, mm -hmm. there's some resentment there. Yep. You know, so um, when, when you analyze what your soulmate has given you. The question to me needs to become, how can I take these lessons that I learned from my soulmate and apply them to my life with my life partner? You know, and, you know, that then, too, becomes a struggle because I'm only speaking for myself right. because I didn't deal with how those life lessons affected me. Then my life partner suffered. And then therefore, you know, you're, you're kind of 
looking at at that situation like why are you here why are you sticking around but when you actually understand I've asked that, I've yeah, asked that question when you actually understand and break down and define what they're supposed to be for you that's what they're going to do it's, it's not because they're forced to do it it's because they had that extra level of connection that you never had with a soulmate to be able to understand you're not ready for what you're trying to do quite right. yet but because I am who I am, that doesn't mean I'm going to leave. That doesn't mean right. that I'm going to run out on you. That doesn't mean that I'm just ready to call it quits. You see, I'm in this for the long haul for my own reasons. And therefore, you and I can coexist in this state of your confusion, your lostness. But understand, you're going to, like you always say, you're going to have to quit before I do. Because I am. Yeah. And when we don't understand, now talking you and me. Yeah. When we don't understand the value in a statement like that. We're the ones that are completely lost because we're like, I don't even know what I have. And you're not even processing this shit <laughs> right, when you're exactly. going through your bullshit. You're not even processing this. You're just like, oh, whatever. But then you sit here and you think about what it could have been. Like the aftermath could have been you don't have the home you live in. You don't have the kids. You don't have the family time. You don't have none of this yeah. because you were being a dumbass. But you do have it because this person loves you way more and way differently than any soulmate that you ever connected with. There's your difference. There is the truth There's in your, your difference. Life partner. That's, your life that's partner a life right partner. There. And they yeah. don't have to be the best communicator. They don't have to be the best, you name it, X, Y, Z. But they are built in the way that they are formed for you. Yeah. And they know how to deal with what you're going to present them on any day. They and know how to deal with you exactly. when you don't when even you don't know even how, how to deal, deal with, with you. you. Where your soulmate you know? is just going to show you what's going on in your life. You're going to learn that lesson, and they may or may not disappear just like that. Yeah, they, they, they probably will stick around because, well, you know what? I can't contend with that bullshit that you're carrying around every day, yep. and I'm not willing to help you through it. Yeah, I'm going to help you. I'm going to identify that shit to yep. you, but then I'm moving on. Exactly. And they usually check out, you know. Exactly. In, in the midst of, of our our conversation, something real, something just dawned on me. Successful relationships are built on built by two people that have very selfish motives and very unselfish motives. Okay. I want what I want from my relationship. Yep. Hell be damned, I'm gonna get what I want from my relationship. Okay. But in turn, I have to realize too. I have to be selfless enough to give in return. Well, <laughs> I have to give that person what they need from me. I may not. I may not want to. Mm -hmm. I may not. And, and this goes back to to conversation that, that we've had as well, um, especially now. You know, I've been asked, you know, given everything that that's the life change. Hey, Stu, will you eventually get married again? Will you? I, I right now I say no, because right. I know the day in and day out compromise and struggle and fight that it took for me to be with one person and build a life with her, have kids and realize who I am and, and realize who we were as a couple over the course of 28 years together. Yeah, that was more than and half your life. Yeah. And that's not to say, that's when I say struggle, when I say work, I'm, that doesn't mean, I, don't please don't put negative connotations on that. It's not. The reality that I came to is this. When you rate love in a successful relationship, if you had it one to 100, it's probably one through 10. That's love. Yeah. Work, compromise, and everything else. Yeah. 
comprises that other 90%. Right. You know, but yeah, yeah. that's something I define heavily because it's like you learn to love individuals way differently. Right. And then, and one thing that we do as people is we try to recreate the same idea, the same feeling. Um, When you're with somebody, you need to be so in love with them. You can't continue to. (laughs) <laughs> create that same feeling what you learn to do is understand. yeah you understand that 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 feeling may or may not happen every single time but no. you can love somebody in a different way and that love that you have for them can actually trump the in love feeling because yeah. the in love feeling can have very positive and very negative connotations in your life like it can put you you can be so in love that you become the stalker the harasser, the person yeah. that wants to put a gun in their mouth because they say they don't want to be with you no more. The person that's 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 always, you know, like just over the top checking the, the cell phones, like you know, dropping pins. Where are you at? Like you can be so in love that you're infatuated, that you're obsessed, that yeah. you're almost crazy, and all of that falls yeah. under in love. Yeah. You know, so and, what I'm saying, it doesn't yeah. you don't need to look to recreate the same title for every individual every relationship that you've ever been in stop trying to do that see for and for me you know i if anyone was to ask me okay so in your your mind what is a successful relationship i would say you know what if you find somebody that's willing to get down in the fucking dirt with you and work is willing to fight with you every day to make that shit last and make it what you both realize it can be that's who you're with yeah. See, when people say that, well, we fell out of love. No, 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 no. That's bullshit. You know what? You can love somebody to the end of motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. You just can't be together because, yeah. you know, that, that person and you, the two of you can't work together yeah. to make a successful relationship. I know it's that not, firsthand. It's not about love. It's yeah. not about love. Yeah. Love is unequivocal. And, and when you say every point that you made about that falling in love feeling, being in love feeling. It's a feeling. Anger is a feeling. Yep. Anger is an emotion. So if you can if you can love someone, you can be just as angry at them in the same context. But it, and and you know what? I can I can honestly say 28 years together, there were times I looked at my wife, I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't fucking stand you." I know she hated oh, me sometimes. Hell That's a yeah. given. Man, what? If you if you're not doing that, you're living in a world that don't exist. Exactly. Because these these smallest thing on the wrong day takes you there. But that that then again defines what a life partner is going to be. Because when we're young and we have all the choice in the world, a, a, a 18, 19 year old year old, a 18, 19 year old man, twenty whatever you want to give him, can easily be like no, I'm done with this bullshit and I'm out. Yeah. I ain't got time for your attitude. I ain't got time for you to ask me these yeah. questions. I told you I don't want to talk, but you forced to know me, so I'm out. We yeah. don't even know how to process the importance of that person. We're only thinking about that situation, right? And so, again, life partner, soulmate, different yeah. because at certain points, you are in love with this soulmate. You only want to be with this soulmate. Y'all are meant, I mean, that's the whole thing. You're my soulmate, right? We make this perfect little heart together. And then that bad day happened, right? And the heart does this. You're like, ah! And you're like, now what does that mean? Like, you're not here for me no more. I'm not here for you. No, I will always love you. I will always care about you. But, you know, I just find, I just think that you're better off 
here. It's not enough. It's not, it's yeah. Not enough. And you're like, you, what? I need more. I need more. I need more. And, and, and you know, usually we, we will look at that and we will take that as an indictment towards us. Yeah. And, and instead of, okay, like you said, this season is ending. Yep. And let me enter into my next season and see where this goes and see how much growth I can I, I have in this season. Looking back on the previous season and you pull out those nuggets. Yeah. These are the things I did right. I really need to focus on this shit that I did wrong. Bump the list because then the life partner, you know, like you said, there's days when you can't send each other. You might go to that worry like, damn, I hate this person today. But guess what that yeah. life partner ain't going to do? They ain't going nowhere. I, I hate you. you know what the life part of me like I hate your ass too, but I ain't yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, and you ain't going nowhere. Well, stay your dumb ass in this room. Yeah, I'm gonna go in this room. Hate each other on Wednesday. Look, are you hungry or what? Because I ain't coming in the kitchen no more. This is the last time I'm gonna be in the kitchen. Do you want to eat or not? Exactly. Are you that mad that you don't want to eat? <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad at your ass, but I'm still gonna feed you. Right. So make sure you eat. I left the food. Put the food up, but we ain't gotta say nothing else until the morning. Like that's yeah. the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, life, life, yeah. life, your life partner helps define your life and you help define their life. You That's know what your life partner is. Yeah. So, uh, we've had Amber on before Amber Dietrich. She's the one that dropped this on us. So I appreciate her dropping this topic on us because when I read it, you know, I flipped through it really quick the first time. Then I read it again. I was like, you know what? There, there was four different comparisons. Um, and I was like, I've honestly felt all of these. Now I'll get with Erica and try to get her to put this on the website so people can check this article out yeah. because I think it's a, it's, it's a short read, but it's worth reading. And, oh, and, uh, you know, you, you have to break that stigma, the, the stigma being whoever you're with, when you start thinking about time put in and years and all this other stuff, I think we mentally go to a spot where. Everybody feels that you have to be everything for them and I have to be everything for you. Now, what I'm saying when I say that is, sure, I'm there 100% of the time. I do want to be with you. Mentally, I'm here. But you can't erase what's happened in my life. You right. can't sit here and think yeah. that all you of a sudden. You can't undo those things. Yeah, it, like you can just assume a position that somebody else had and vice versa. I shouldn't think that either. Some guys come in with right. so much like, cockiness and swagger like i want you to completely forget about every dude that ever came before you in every way especially the physical way because you know everybody trying to stamp no. the physical way right if, if, if you think, <laughs> like, if you think that that, that that she's fresh and if she thinks that you're fresh you, you can't you can't change stuff. things like and if you want to be petty let's go back to your petty say you can't change if somebody's best intimacy was with somebody else you can work as hard as you want to you can read every book you want to karma sutra you name it you can read all that you ain't gonna change that no. but what no. you need to understand is that in that moment that individual is for you and with you and so whatever she may or may not felt or whatever she she may or he may or may not felt prior okay has nothing to do with the moment they're spending with you but at the same time you can't sit here and be like, so who's the best and why? Like, 
that just sets you up for that's a lack of confidence on whoever asking that my point exactly so it's small stuff like that that then transitions into the bigger things well i'm supposed to be the one that you've always (laughs) shared everything with and i'm supposed to be the one that everything that you've ever wanted and like it doesn't work that way it's not a blackboard you can't erase that shit it's It's not not a control all delete erase that shit your past everybody's past helps propel them into their future absolutely so when you understand that and you believe that then your relationship can flourish in its own way and you don't ever have to find yourself trying to like go through the card catalog and be like okay well she's better than her nah but this one nope not that like that's what i find people you know what so petty when when, (laughs) when people do that shit they are always going to be back in that card catalog well she was better she was better she's better she was good at this she was good at that You know, he was this, he was that, he was right. this, he was that. You know what? Give it one and fight tooth and nail to make that shit work. You, yep. You'll notice the signs. Yes. You will fucking notice the signs if you are yes. with a winner. If you are with somebody that's going to get in the dirt with you and fight right along with you, uh, that, that, that push you, challenge you, make you better. Yes. You know, one of the things that, that, that I learned, we learned early in our relationship, you know, not after, you know, we we kind of had to fuck up a lot along the way. Was <laughs> right. challenging each other. Yeah. We challenge. I know I would challenge her, her. I would challenge her womanhood. She would challenge my manhood, and we reached a point where you know it was almost volatile. Yeah. And you know I did my fucking up. I had divorce papers in my hands. Everything, dude. I I've walked that path, mm. and it wasn't so much that she's like here, sign these motherfuckers. I'm out here. You need to wake up and realize who you are, who you who you've become and ask yourself, do you want to stay this person? And if you want to stay that person, you sign those papers. If you want to change, you change and then you get that shit back to me and I'll tear them up. So and and there you go to you being like you say, you're an outlier or the anomaly, because in that moment, soulmate and life partner were working together. Soulmate teaching you a life lesson. Basically. You've, done, yeah. you've got to the point where I'm not going to deal with it no more. You now see what you're about to lose. Life partner. But Kids, there's an there's option. Family. There's a choice. Yeah. yeah. Life partner in her was like, there's a choice though. The choice is either you're going to understand who you were and what you need to be now. Or here we are. Soulmate would have just been like, we're to that point I'm out. where. Sign that shit. Again, I'm, I'm bouncing. That, that heart yeah. does that. And. <laughs> So again, you know, and 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 that's cool lucky. because you got twenty, lucky. you got almost three decades with the same individual. Yeah. So I would expect something like that. You grew, y'all grew together. You had to work to even get her attention. She wasn't even t- trying to hear what you were trying Man, to talk she about. My, she hated my I remember the story. So so basically, like in that situation, it's different. But you know, I came into one situation, meeting an individual in college. Then rolling into the military, we didn't make it. Then met somebody else. So what I'm saying is I didn't have like that very first one. And then it just transitioned all the way through to the end with the same. Like, right. There was encounters, you know, and plus I had individuals before and I had all this built up frustration and everything else I was dealing with. that I was never open and honest with nobody about, you know, yeah. nobody. So there you go. You, you, you got two completely different situations. But at the end of this conversation, we can both say. You know, we have our viewpoints on why soulmate and life partner can definitely be different. 
And all I want the viewers and listeners yeah. to understand is if you're if, if you're finding yourself thinking about that question or have thought about it, I know you have, then is the pressure on you or is the, is, or is the pressure on the idea that you need to sell them what you think they want to hear? Because a lot of arguments and conflict come because we don't know how to express what we're saying. I've been in so many difficult conversations with my wife because I know the purity of what I'm trying to say is not coming out right. Like, right. I'm not trying to hurt her feelings. I'm not trying to, you know, devalue her at all. But I just don't know how to say, like, I love you and, and you mean all this to me, but things were different at this part in my life and I want you to understand it. I just don't know how yeah. to say it sometimes. So I know people struggle with that. So this and this article was 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 great. Insightful. In, yeah, in breaking that insightful. down. So we got to yeah. share it. We got to share it yeah. to the masses. And I put it yeah. on the page, but I'm going to put it, ask Erica to put it on and the other page. So I'll drop the link on, uh, on Instagram, yeah. on our Instagram page as well. But um, I challenge anyone that's in their relationships I'm not saying you got to you determine whether you, you know, you're with your soulmate or you with a life partner. You look at your relationship and find the value in it and yes. and try to assess what you want from it. And if you can get that from it. Yeah. You know, do you I, I reached a point where I realized um, we, we always loved each other. Mm -hmm. We needed to fight a little bit more. I needed to fight a little bit more. I need to fight harder next to her i needed to fight and commit harder to make our relationship better right you know open up and communicate with her better um and and communication is always fluid you know just like you said trying to figure out the right way to say things sometimes mm -hmm. you just say it you know yeah. and, and and even then in hindsight it's kind of like shit maybe i said it wrong yeah. you'll know You'll know based on the reaction. You'll you will know. know. You'll know you quickly. Know. But then it, it takes you to, okay, let me put that fucking pride and ego over here mm -hmm. because I need to unfuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then, you, hey, look, that came out wrong. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it really, my, I can say that, that our relationship was successful because we figured out how to say, oops, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Yeah. And moved on, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that 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 to me is one of the biggest things about a relationship. Um, and, and really. When you're down in that dirt, man, and and you're looking at that person next to you, if they're climbing out of that fucking dirt hole, that's your soulmate. That's true. But if they're right down in there with you fighting at your lowest fucking moment right. and they're still with you, that's your life partner. You know, that's me. Some that to me sums it all up. When you are looking at yourself and you don't like who you see and that person that you love is still right there next to you and they don't see that ugliness that you see, that's your fucking life partner right there. Absolutely. Dude, I can tell you, I spent a lot, of, a lot of years looking at myself like, why the fuck is she still with me? Why? I mean, Same I would here. always say, and you, you guys know, we've had this conversation. Me, you, Gandhi, James, all of us, we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am a piece of shit man yeah why is this woman with me oh yeah and, and honestly i've been through that same boat man but yeah you understand that there's a different breed of woman and you found the breed for you right and yeah. with that said on the flip side of that you know you think about the person that's looking to climb out of that hole sometimes you know we realize and we don't want to face it that maybe we need to climb out of that hole 
You know, yeah. and, and that kind of goes into what we said around this time. But don't last forget year. to reach back. Don't forget right. to reach back. You know, down this time last year when we was kind of starting a podcast, but it was the end of the year, we said something along the lines of what would 2017 say about you? Yeah. Now, what was interesting is you actually sent a little clip, um, and this is from a pastor. He's kind of preaching. And he was saying that in 2018, you go through things, right? And I mean, you probably do this every year, so let's just not focus yeah. on 2018. But every year you go through things, and you meet people along the way. And there's people that, that gravitate to you, and you feel like they're all in for you, and then you get to that point where they're not. And what do they do? You know, they're, they're, they're easy to exit. Or maybe you made them upset and they don't want to, to be what they once were for you because they feel slighted. And then they, they partially move on, but they're always there. You know, yeah. what do you do in those situations? And what we have a difficulty with is we think about how much time we've invested in someone, how much time we spent, you know, putting ourselves into this person. And so we don't want to turn our back on this person. But what we don't understand is just maybe... It's the best thing to, to, to do. Not that we're actually quitting on them. We still care about them in our own way, but we just can't have them around anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. And I feel that it's time to purge, you know? Maybe in life, there's time for individuals to really sit and look. Now, we hear all this crap on socials all the time. Oh, I'm deleting people off my... Okay, whatever. That's petty. Yeah. But when you actually sit down and think about how many real people are in your circle, because if you got a, a page of a thousand people, a thousand people not in your circle. <laughs> no, no. But, you probably know like four of them. Exactly. But how many individuals are really in your circle in or your, have yeah. any in your circle that you need to purge? You know, and, and what are you doing by purging? Like I said, you're not completely turning your back on somebody, but you are letting yourself know that this person is not good for me in my life. And that's okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought that that was a, a good last but not least. Um, you, you brought it up. We had discussed yeah. something else. But I think this is this is going to hit home a little bit. But I, I'm going to give you the floor on that piece. So you I'm, I'm going to let you say your part. Um, I, I think of it like this. You know, you know I, I, told, I told Brian this a long, long time ago. I said, you know, you have this, this group of friends that's about this big. Over the course of your life, you're going to watch that, that circle shrink. It's going to get smaller and smaller because you're going to find value in the people that you need to have around you. Uh, and when you realize the value of your time, the value of your friendship, you're going to purge. Like you said, you're going to purge all that extra out of your life. And in my opinion, anybody who who if you don't ever reach that point in your life, you're devaluing yourself. Right. You know, you you are if you're spreading yourself so thin that everyone is a friend to you, you're devaluing yourself because not everybody sees you with the same value mm -hmm. as you do or as you should. Mm -hmm. I I I can say I got six close fucking friends, and these dudes these dudes are like my brothers. They are my brothers. They're closer to me than my brother. Mm -hmm. You know, and and. That's by design. I, I don't need anybody else. You know, I, I look, you <laughs> and the fellas, I always say y'all are the people I would consider committing a crime for. Mm -hmm. You know, and to me, that kind of defines a friendship. If you if you like, yo, CO's in trouble, ain't got no money, he's locked up, I might have to rob a motherfucker <laughs> you know, to get this motherfucker out of jail. That's considering committing a crime. 
Right. Consider. I, I will consider. Cons- I will consider. consider I will right. consider doing things outside of the norm for the people that I love, especially my brothers. Yeah. You know, and that to me kind of defines. It kind of shapes and defines what what I view as um, valuable friendships, valuable valuable relationships. Uh, if you can look at a friend and say, "Nah, I wouldn't rob no motherfucker of him." <laughs> Cut that motherfucker loose. He's an acquaintance. He's not a friend. He's an acquaintance. Yeah. Because he may not do the same for you. That's truth, man. So, you know, I I would just have you look look into yourself, right, and and consider um, the individuals around you. And I find that this is something that's a a constant process of of maturity, you know, like we say it to our kids all the time, like you said, you're going to have this small group and then it's going to get tighter and tighter. And by the time you get my age, you only speak to three of them. And that's, <laughs> and that's pretty true. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to say something publicly because I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that I, I knew how to say it to this individual personally. So no kidding, right? My, my best friend from day one has been, Napoleon Ike Jones, right? And yeah. in this year, me and Ike haven't spoke really. We we have some some disagreements on on some life things, and uh, you know, I I felt that he had pushed me to a point where I didn't want to deal with him really anymore. And I said that, and I and I and I felt okay initially when I said it. Me and being me, and you got a pride moment. You say what you say. Yeah, but. I don't live with regrets, um, but I have absolutely, you know, processed what I said, and and I am sorry that I said it. Reason being, like you said, when we're talking about a relationship and being with an individual and all that other stuff, there are friends, brothers that are being the mud for you, right? Me and yeah. me and Ike have been in the mud for each other ever since we were seventeen years old, sixteen and a half years old, and we do have a big difference on something. And I felt that that just pushed me to a point where I just got tired of, of, of what I felt him yeah, for what I felt that he was just being petty and, and being like, he just looking for an opportunity to, to, to pounce on somebody. And I just got tired of that man. And, and I lashed and then, you know, Ike and I are very stubborn in our ways. Yeah. So therefore when we say something, we, we live up to it. And we haven't had a real conversation now in, in about a year. And, wow. I'm, and I'm sorry yeah. for that for a lot of reasons because that has well, been my best friend. And reach, out, reach out to him, I, man. I mean, reach out. I, I realize that. And I'm not yeah. trying to, you know, I'm not trying yeah. to use this as, as, as my apology and I'm reaching out. But I wanted to, to personally bring that up because we're talking about purging individuals out of your life that may not be good for you. But what if you've gotten got to a place where you've been so direct and so stern in your belief that you've actually, you know, took a stance and, and taken somebody out of your life that's very important. That's where I am with this situation. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really had an effect on me because I don't know what it's like not to go home and kick it with him, but I haven't kicked it with him in a very long, I haven't seen him. You know, I we're still social yeah. friends or whatever, and right. it's loose as that may be. But he doesn't comment. I rarely comment, and I just like I don't know him anymore, and, that's, you know, and it's rough, man. It's rough. I, I think. Well, I, 
you just bridge the gap. All right. It, it's, it's basically, you know, at this point, you two having a conversation, you will never undo what you guys have established over the course of 13, 14, 15 years now, you know, 20 years, depending on where you guys are in, in you know, age gap. Uh, I think in, in your in our heart of hearts, we know when somebody is a detriment to our well-being, be it emotional, physical, uh, intellectual. We know and we we tend to push those people away once we realize that. Now, you and I. Yo, we go back and forth. Don't let this <laughs> podcast fool you. <laughs> Don't let the podcast fool you. Right. We go back and forth constantly. And Absolutely. and it's usually it's it's usually me fucking with you. And, you know, that. <laughs> and and I because I want to stab at you, I'm going to stab at you. And, and it gets this is what it does. It brings out two things. It brings out the best in you. You stay. You you are always on your point. You don't relent, and I'm not gonna relent. Mm-hmm. But what it does as well, it causes a discourse. Yeah. We talk, you know. And even if at the end we don't agree, I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm coming from, and True. we move on. True. You know. Um. Not every con- I I know. I've I've left some of our conversations like. Yeah, I probably pissed them off. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm sure you left some the same way. Right. But we always find ourselves right back because call it call it masochistic or whatever <laughs> you call it. We always find ourselves in another discussion where we don't agree yeah. and it gets heated. It doesn't get personal, but it gets right. heated. Yeah. And we back up into our corners. But Again, it's about that discourse, man. It's about understanding who we who who um, we are as individuals, and that challenge is healthy, man. Ike challenging you is healthy, because right. he makes you think. You make him think, right? And you're both passionate about. I, I've seen Ike's um, social page. So yeah, I think you can know what. Yeah, I think yeah. you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But but you know, in regards to a lot of things that people view. All right, I'm I'm gonna touch on religion real quick. This is I've been going to church quite a bit lately. Um, But the realization is that I have come to is I take from it what I need. Okay. Uh, And I I think what has happened over the course of of just the history of religion, people look at other people's beliefs and they look down on them. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I think however you get to where you need to be. Is solely on you. I can't take you there anymore than you can take me there. We can disagree or we can agree, but I'm gonna I'm gonna walk my path how I walk my path. You're gonna walk your path how you walk your path. Ike obviously is gonna walk his path the way he right. walks. That's, you know, um, and and it's really more about respecting his view, and he's gonna respect your view. He may not agree with it any more than you agree with his. Um, but your friendship dictates that it always ends in respect. Okay. And that's something I have to address, man. Like I said, it, it's if I can look at one negative thing in my life this year is the fact that I didn't have that that type of relationship with, with my boy. My, like, we've been through some shit together. We've been in, we've, you know, we were roommates at one point. We've been to the bottom together and always had each other through the distance that ever came with military. It doesn't matter. You know, he's been to see me in the spots I've been. I've been to see him coming, you know, whatever. I was his best man at his wedding. You know, the list goes on and on and on. He was there for my first wedding. Moral of the story is 
you realize that you may or may not have done something that um, could be detrimental going forward for life. Yeah. And I'm at that, that point, that crossroads where I know um, it affects me to the point where I know I need to do something about it. You know, so, um, you know, this conversation has helped. Uh, I think it's time for me to officially reach out in whatever way. Start slow and, and you build off of that. I mean, our history yeah. is long, so. Yeah, and, and you can't. You, you're not gonna undo that. You're not gonna undo it, and it, it's yeah. not something that you're gonna readily just throw away. Right. Um, you know, it, over the course of time, you can grow apart. You can grow away from each other, but you two have been in contact the entire time. You know, so it's not like distance and time has passed to cause a, a you know a gap um, in your relationship. It's just a disagreement. You know what? Disagreements are healthy. They're healthy, but we tend to always stay away from an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to um, challenge ourselves because we see it as a negative. Yeah. Oh, you, you challenging my manhood? Who, who are you? Right. You know, and it's not always about challenging your manhood, especially with somebody that you got 20 years of history with. That's true. You know, if he hasn't challenged your manhood from from day one, why <laughs> would he wait 20 years later to challenge it? That's true. You know, so uh, look, love who you love. Um, be discerning about the people that you invite to be intimate people in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, those of you going through that soulmate phase, when it when it when it happens, it happens. But once you're in that 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 dirt, and you need to reach back and pull that life partner out, pull them out. You're gonna be right right back in that dirt, and that life partner's gonna pull your ass out. Um, commit to it. It's not solely about loving that person. It's about working with that person. It's about you, you know, checking your pride and your ego at the door and growing with that person, flourishing with that person, making a life with that person, realizing the best things that you can about yourself because of that person. It's 100 And I'll, I'll, I'll end on that note. All right. Well, you know, this has been another episode of CEO and the Doctor. Uh, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, thank you for for being here with us for 90 minutes uh, as we've been talking about everything from sports to life events um, and now ending on something serious about cleaning up uh, your, your friendship closet, your, your, your connections if you need to, or reestablishing them if you need to. Um, here at CEO and the Doctor, like we always say, let conversation influence you. Um, give us a listen and a like and a share once we post to the audio. Thanks for all the viewers. Thanks for your comments. I didn't really get any questions this week, but thank you for your comments. Appreciate uh, the comments. Yeah. Absolutely. This live thing is, is a whole different beast. So um, I often sometimes forget that I'm live. So I had to make sure I don't, I don't do nothing silly, but <laughs> we have a good time doing this. I think this went a little bit uh, smoother than the demo week last week. So yeah. uh, we appreciate your time and your patience again. So like always, uh, have a solid week. Uh, do something positive. Be something special for someone, a cup of coffee, a good conversation, whatever it may be. Uh, tune in to our next show next week. Um, and like always, this ain't your normal podcast. Uh, we out. <laughs>